Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 102, verses 12 through 28. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. Your name endures to all generations. You will rise up and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to favor it. The appointed time has come. If your servants hold its stones dear and have pity on its dust, the nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord will build up Zion. He will appear in his glory. You will regard the prayer of the destitute and will not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet unborn may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height, from heaven the Lord looked at the earth, to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, so that the name of the Lord may be declared in Zion, and his praise in Jerusalem. When peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord, He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. O my God, I say, do not take me away at the midpoint of my life, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Long ago you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. They will all wear out like a garment. You change them like clothing, and they pass away. But you are the same. Your years have no end. The children of your servants shall live secure. Their offspring shall be established in your presence. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8-17 through 17 and 32-37 to 37. One day Elisha was passing through Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to have a meal. So whenever they passed that way, he passed that way, he would stop there for a meal. She said to her husband, Look, I am sure that this man who regularly passes our way is a holy man of God. Let us make a small roof chamber with walls and put, him there, put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that he can stay there whenever he comes to see us. One day when he came there, he went up to the chamber and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, Call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. He said to him, Say to her, Since you have taken all this trouble for us, what may be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She answered, I live among my own people. He said, What then may be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. He said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood at the door. He said, At this season, in due time, you shall embrace a son. She replied, No, my lord, O man of God, do not deceive your servant. The woman conceived and bore a son at that season in due time, as Elisha had declared to her. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and closed the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. When he got up to the bed and lay upon the child, putting his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands, and while he lay bent over him, the flesh of the child became warm. He got down and walked to and fro in the room, then got up again and bent over him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. 
Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her, and when she came to him, he said, Take your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she took her son and left. Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. The same thing occurred in Iconium, where Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained there for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who testified to the word of their grace by granting signs and wonders to be done through them. But the residents of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, and some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and stone them, the apostles learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derba, and uh, cities of Laconia and to the surrounding country. And there they continued proclaiming the good news. Good morning and welcome to the fifth Monday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 102, 2 Kings 4, and Acts 14. And the thing that stood out to me was this um, description in 2 Kings of Elisha sparing the life or raising from the dead this boy that he promised to a Shunammite woman. And it gets uh, pretty descriptive. It's not graphic, but um, definitely very descriptive. And um, it's, you know, the, the boy is a result of this offer that Alicia made that, um, you know, what is it that you want? The woman says, you know, do you want me to talk to the king to you or something? And the woman's like, no, I, I, I don't have anything to do with the king. And he said, well, you're going to have a son in this time. And the son, um, during the break, um, has died and has been left on his bed. And I think this was arranged. It wasn't just like you know, kind of some fucked up thing where you know, he finds it, you know, it's like a dead horse's head or something. Like, look at what you did. Um, I think it was arranged uh, in the passages that we don't have with us. Um, but he goes in and he lays on top of the, the child, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. And slowly the child's flesh becomes warm. And this seems really odd, and I'm sure it is. Uh, you know, it's a miracle. It's not necessarily supposed to be medically, you know, quantifiable and, and repeatable and all that. Um, but it also happens in the life of St. Martin, the namesake of the brothers, uh, the hospitality of St. Martin, and um, also my own patron saint. And in the life of Martin, um, they're probably um, kind of regurgitating this story with this with the tale of of someone that Martin brings back to life in the exact same manner, lays on the guy mouth to mouth, you know, face to face, hand to hand, all this stuff. And <laughs> what the what the life of Martin adds is, and keeping in mind this is uh, the, the translation I lean on is uh, the Nicene and Post-Nicene Fathers, which is translated in the 1890s. And Martin is so overjoyed and everybody's so overjoyed that this, he's brought this person back to life that it says the room was filled with their ejaculations. 
and it seems very, very, very homoerotic. Um, but ejaculations is also like yelling and shouting and, and jubilation. Um, and so they're happy that um, this man has been brought back to life. I think it was a catechumen, but I'm not sure. Um, and the early hagiographies, early passions and, and vidas, um, they, um, they typically take scenes like this and reimagine them into their own time. And maybe some of them happened. I don't know that you know, Martin actually brought someone back to life. Um, maybe there's some, you know, maybe he was choking and, I don't know, laid on him and forced out of his time. I have no idea. Um, but um, there's, there's no real precedent in the church. You know, the, the, the Jewish faith doesn't really have these lives in the same way, and it certainly doesn't, like, venerate them or other people in the same way that the church did and does um, in terms of the saints. And um, what got me thinking, and this before I realized that it was a repeat of Second Kings 4, um, was this instinct to get up close and personal, um, you know, nut to butt is what we would say in, as a paratrooper. Um, you know, this, uh, on some level, you know, this kind of masculinity in America says you're not supposed to touch, you're not supposed to be close, you're not supposed to be like whatever, or if you are, then it's gay. And gay, of course, you know, is bad, supposedly, as I roll my eyes. Um, but in the military, it's, it's not that way. Any kind of like really, um, trying environment, I thought of like Mount Everest climbers as well. If you're in danger, uh, you have to get in the same sleeping bag and you have to get naked because that's that's how you're going to regain your warmth most quickly. Um, in the military too, like you might be nut to butt, you might not be naked, and it doesn't ha- say anything about Alicia being naked. Um, but you're you're really close, and you might even make funny, you know, kind of dark humorous jokes about um, about how close you are and how you might die and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it comes as second nature almost to like, there's no, there's no, um, you know, doubt or there's no hesitation. It's just like, if I think this is going to help, this is what I do. Um, and Alicia has promised this woman, this child, and, you know, she can't really believe it. It's, you know, it's, it's a trope in the Bible, but, um, she, she says, no, no, don't tell me that. Um, don't deceive me. Um, and it's this very human moment of like, don't tell me something that is going to come true because that's going to really mess me up. Um, but uh, this, this child meant a lot to her. And it was, the boy was related to Elisha's history with her. Um, and, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a fondness between Elisha and this child, even if he had never met the boy. Um, it certainly, it, wasn't exactly the same as what soldiers feel for one another um, or, you know, even like emergency responders, how they feel toward people who are in need. Um, but there was something there. Um, you know, we don't, in, in this morning's reading, there's, it's not preserved this request from the Shunammite woman. Um, it's just this response. He sees what's happened and he does what, um, what he thinks needs to occur to um, to correct the situation, I'm just putting it very blandly and sterile. But um, um, it isn't always in times of great need when we um, 
when in the military, for example, we might find ourselves in such close proximity. Um, you know, there's, a, there's this, um, you know, story of, of David and Jonathan. Like it's not, it, it may or may not be homoerotic, but it is something that soldiers identify with because this camaraderie is so difficult to imitate in other parts of, of society. Um, you know, whether that's, um, you know, first responders working together, soldiers, um, firefighters, like it's hard to replicate the bond that you feel when it's, when it's born in such trying circumstances. Um, and I think that's what, you know, I read this tale and, you know, the story of Martin reviving this person is like, yeah, it checks out. I could see that being, um, I could see that crossing my mind if I were, you know, if I were in that story, like, oh, well, I'm going to lay on top of them and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe their flesh will get warm. Um, and if, if I get, if we're successful, I'm going to fill the whole world or the whole room with my ejaculations. Um, but uh, it's this really kind of interesting way um, to think uh, about this passage is like, instead of trying to explain it, just kind of nodding our heads in affirmation, like, yeah, that's, in an emergency, like, you do what you have to do. Um, and who cares, you know, what it, you know, whether or not we can explain it. Um, there's a promise made, and there's a, a responsibility and obligation to respond to it. And you do whatever it is that you, you think is right. Um, without batting an eye, without hesitating, uh, you try and make it right. And there's some really odd solutions that we have um you know, a lot of a lot of medical advances um were were first tried on the battlefield i think blood transfusions is one of them um like in their own context it makes no sense but we try it because we have an we have an obligation to try and we have a desire as well it, you know we care for people we care about the promises that we made to our our country or to um barren women um, like this is what it means to be a good person in a world in which um, it's sometimes difficult or um, not intuitive to do and to be good. A prayer for the right use of God's gifts from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, whose loving hand has given us all that we possess, grant us grace that we may honor you with our substance and remembering the account which we must one day give, may be faithful stewards of your bounty through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. 
I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.